calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to My Vagina, this is Jesse Karen. And this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. And just kidding, fools, it's definitely researched. <laughs> We got another review. It's five stars. These women are creating a much needed platform for all things vagina and beyond. I really loved their banter and their unfiltered approach to relevant and fascinating topics. I'm learning a lot from what they bring to the table and really looking forward to hearing more episodes. Wow. Thanks, Louis Louisa. <laughs> you a star. Thanks. Thank you. We really appreciate all your reviews, so please keep doing that. More, please. <laughs> So I haven't told this story. I meant to. This past New Year's, I went out with some friends and it was just like me and one of my other girlfriends who ended up like late night at uh, Dynaco. I went up to go order us some drinks. As I was waiting for the bartender, I felt something grab my ass. As, as a lady who's had people think that they can just touch me anywhere in public before, mm -hmm. I turned expecting a certain... Uh, dude. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> a dude. I expected to see a dude standing there and it was not it was this this woman was standing there and I was like what the fuck and then and then I did this thing that I feel like all women do where I just got confused and was like I must be crazy mm -hmm. I must be crazy that this happened because I've definitely like turned and like I've had guys do that and I've immediately like gone after them like I threw a beer in one guy's face because he grabbed my ass but then he told me he didn't do it. And I did have the same reaction where I was yeah. like, oh, my God, maybe I'm a crazy person. Maybe that didn't happen, which is bonkers. But we're just we've been taught this through our society that we're crazy and to not believe our own reality. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I look at this girl and I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, all right, I just feel uncomfortable. So I moved over a person because I didn't really know how to address it. Yeah, it's awkward because yeah. we expect more from women. Totally. When it comes and to this kind of stuff. Even though it was clearly like a butt grab and a lift, I was like, maybe she just bumped into me, which is <laughs> a lunatic. Like, <laughs> it's crazy, you know? Um, I'm imagining how that would have like accidentally occurred. But exactly. Yeah. But yeah. still, like, but I would have done the same thing. You know, and I was a little tipsy, so I was like, whatever. Anyway, so I, I move over and I get the drink and I come back and my friend goes, did that girl just grab your ass and I was like she did right she grabbed my ass it's like a cup and grab it was you can see that you could see it and I was like she did and I was like I thought I was crazy and she's like no I just watched it happen and I was like oh my god should I say something and in all her glory she taps the girl and goes excuse me you just grabbed my friend's ass not cool <laughs> yeah and the girl goes no I didn't and my friend was like you did 
I watched you do it. And I was like, and I, I literally felt your hand on my ass. Yeah. And her friend comes up and goes, no, I know her. She wouldn't do that. But your friend's ass is amazing. So if she did do it, then it was warranted. And you should take it as a compliment. And you take it as a compliment. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. Girls, where are your zippers for the frat boys that are living under the skin that you're wearing? Yeah, because seriously. what kind of logic is that? So insane. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like women don't think that they have to abide by the same standards as men because the, because like there isn't that uh, power dynamic yeah. that exists in the world. And so it's not necessarily like you weren't necessarily like it's like a different thing. You weren't necessarily scared of her, but like it's it's about like autonomy, like bodily autonomy and consent. It doesn't matter if you have a what you have. Well, you know what I mean? Also, no matter what in that scenario, it's still a power trip. Right. You know, because in that scenario, I felt uncomfortable because somebody grabbed my person, a person that I didn't know. <laughs> Shut up. Somebody grabbed me and my body without my consent. And I didn't know them. Oh, totally. We had no, no background. We didn't have like a friendship. You know, again, I've said this before, but in my household, I'm, we, we know we can walk around and like smack a butt because mm -hmm. I trust them and I know them and I know it's like fun and tomfoolery. Right. <laughs> I never get Malarkey. to use that. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's something about somebody taking this and being like, I am above you and I can do right. whatever I want to you. Right. I don't have established boundaries with you. You don't get to touch me. And then she gaslit you. And then she gaslit me. And so did her friend. Oh my God. They both sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. Keep your fucking hands to yourself unless you have established boundaries with somebody that you know personally will not be offended by that. She knew that butt wasn't wasn't her friend's butt. She grabbed it anyway. How did I get hysteria? Am I gonna go to heaven like Uncle Buster? No, but it is believed that female sex moisture turns venomous if not released through regular climax. What? Hey, 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 hey. T today we're gonna talk about Hysteria? Hysteria. Otherwise known as the wandering unit. <laughs> the wandering unit. No, that's the problem is we don't have the unit. <laughs> Otherwise known as the wandering uterus. Otherwise known as a bored uterus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hysteria was a mental condition attributed specifically to uterus problems, and it became a catch-all diagnosis for any woman's health problems that doctors couldn't figure out. So, first of all, that's the laziest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like it's like um, irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. It's the same thing, just from like centuries Except ago. Except just blame it on the uterus. Yeah. Oh, you don't feel good and we don't have an explanation for it. It must be this thing that we don't have a cure or an explanation for it at yeah, all. Yeah. So, let's like, go. so people just showed up with pitchforks to the entrance of the vagina. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Stab. <laughs> so, I got some etymology for you. Bring it. So, it's from the New Latin Hysteria from the Latin hystericus, from ancient Greek hysterikos, suffer, which is a suffering in the uter uterus, which became the word hysterical. Um, it was uh, defined, as Jesse said, defined as a nervous disease in around 1801 and coined in medical Latin as an abstract noun from the Greek hystera, meaning womb, and from the Proto-Indo-European utero, meaning abdomen, womb, stomach was initially defined as a neurotic condition, particular to women, and was believed to be connected to some sort of dysfunction with the uterus, 
With the added abstra abstract noun ending in IA, it refers to a general sense of unhealthy emotion or, ex or excitement, which was dating back to 1839. Then we can connect this to the word hysterectomy, which is the surgical remover of, removal of the uterus, which stems from the Greek word hystera, referring to the uterus or the womb. So the creation of the word hysterectomy is directly related to the word hysterical and is therefore no coincidence that a hysterectomy was considered a cure for the most extreme cases of hysteria. So let's just get rid of it and scoop it out of her. Yeah. So we don't think that the feminization of insanity, because that's basically what hysteria was, applies only to the word hysterical. I found out that the word loony comes from, the, from lunacy, which, is, which refers to a monthly periodic insanity thought to be triggered by the cycle of the moon and only applied to women. Wow. So <laughs> that's... That checks out. Yeah. That checks out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fuck. <laughs> mm -hmm. So basically everything just stems back to to women. Yeah. Anything that has to do with a lack of mental well-being or uh, an extreme reaction to things or whatever, those words are always, they're always like feminized. Mm -hmm. It's, you can't figure out why we're different from you. So it must be wrong. Yeah. I think in terms of gender. And you must be crazy. Yeah. Because men coined those terms. Right. So. Exactly. Hysteria makes me laugh because the symptoms from the from the quote unquote condition could like be almost anything. Yeah. From anxiety to melancholy to bursts of emotions, headaches, tremors, convulsions. It, it was essentially like you either cared too much or you cared too little or you had trouble breathing or you breathe too much. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Like in any way you weren't a quote unquote proper woman. Mm -hmm. This idea that we're a monolith and that all women should behave the exact same way. And if you are outside of that norm at all, then mm -hmm. clearly you're hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, it makes total sense that the wandering uterus just, you know, gets bored. Just love it. Think of it like with like a little knapsack tossed <laughs> over its shoulder. Just like, where am I going to go now? Visit the brain, perhaps. Let me check out the intestines. What are, what are they like? Hang uh, out with the coccyx. <laughs> And like essentially creates an empty void in yeah. the body, like fucking operation or yeah. the Kool-Aid oh man. God, the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yeah. It just goes up there and plays trampoline on the lungs back yeah. and forth. <laughs> Can you imagine if you just had like an organ that just like wandered your body fucking around with you and was like pulling practical jokes on the kidneys? Right. <laughs> leaves like a Smirnoff ice in part of the body and is like, you've been iced, motherfucker. Oh my God, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> you know, I think they really missed an opportunity here to just hold women upside down and jiggle her mm -hmm. until the uterus mm -hmm. fell back into place. I bet they did that. <laughs> I know, as I, I was saying, yeah, I, was like, I would bet all of my money that. that for sure, when we think about like these different like, yeah. I know, I know, I regret it now. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm so glad you said it. Because now I have this vision in my head of these doctors just like, she's still hysterical. And she's like upside down, like, what is happening? <laughs> we haven't put the puzzle back in its place. <sighs> um, wow, yeah. So hysteria is now linked to clinical anxiety and depression instead and is now, I guess it's now called conversion disorder. Yeah, the word hysterical was taken out of the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical <sighs> Manual of Mental Disorders in 1980, 39 years ago. That's not that long. Yeah, so hysteria actually goes back 4,000 years. In ancient Egypt, that was the first concept of the wandering womb. I guess it's kind of a room. Yeah. And then 2,400 years ago, ancient, in ancient Greece, Hippocrates actually coined the term hysteria. Do you know what else he coined? What? The Hippocratic Oath, which says, oh. do no harm. 
and he did a lot of harm a lot of harm and fyi this guy got a lot of shit wrong nice going asshole he was one of the first ones to write about how it wasn't anchored and could just wander the body <laughs> so now it's like a boat yeah you know, <laughs> that didn't like throw its anchor out just forgot now it's just like <laughs> la, 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 la. it could even be described back then as a vengeful or mischievous uterus that detached itself from the pelvic region and wandered the body Wow, and it is the origin of all disease. Yeah, of course it is. Apparently, Plato and Hippocrates thought that the that the uterus would just lurch all around the body and upset our delicate constitution. Oh my God, so there was a su- the suggested treatment back then was to be pregnant all the time, mm-hmm. which would keep the womb and this idea of, of womanhood uh, and like the connection of womanhood and motherhood secure, which just as we talk about this all the time, that so much our only value is our ability to have babies, which makes me useless. Yeah. So so the idea was that your uterus would be less bored as long as you kept a baby in it. But the idea, the caveat to that, <laughs> you're just like playing solitaire. This game sucks. <laughs> um, the caveat to that is that right when you're done being pregnant it caused the uterus to act up again so like you said you just had to what stay pregnant for like forever forever but then what happens when i mean i guess back then you didn't live that long beyond like menopause and stuff like that that is the saddest thing you have ever said i know you're basically like well you won't have to give babies give them babies for too long you can just die (laughs) (laughs) and it'll be your uterus that killed you well because did you talk about this greek physician galen I only have a little bit on him. Go. Yeah, because, you know, on the other side or on the same side of that, of always being pregnant, mm-hmm. he thought that the, that the root of all female problems was a woman's unfertilized seed and they would basically rot inside of her body and become toxic. So this idea oh that like any egg that we didn't use turned septic <gasps> and would would kill us. Oh, my God. And And according to those societal standards... You have to get married first. You have to be married. And so, like, what if you're not married or can't get married? Do you just, like, put a leash on your uterus? They would have midwives oh my God. come and diddle you. <laughs> Actually, I have something to say about that. Tell me. I found something uh, that refutes that. Oh, really? Yes, it was very much a bummer. Apparently, the only person who wrote about that, uh, Rachel Maines, is the author. Mm-hmm of the technology of orgasm. She's the one. we talked about in our menstruation, or in our... Um, did, Masturba- that was, yeah, masturbation. Yeah, masturbation episode. Menage et moi. And, and also on our endometriosis one, right. Sarah Quinn was the original person to tell us. And apparently this is a common theme that's been going on, but Rachel Maines is the only author who wrote about it extensively about the treatment um, of forcing vigorous pelvic massages and manual stimulation. But according to... Um, a lot of people are refuting that now. A lot of historians who are saying that they checked all of her sources and that they don't check out. And not only that, but in an interview, Maine said that she had heard variations of the paper's criticism before and that her argument in the technology of orgasm was really only a hypothesis and that she never claimed to have evidence that this was really the case. So Hallie Lieberman of the Georgia Institute of Technology uh, after checking Maine's sources and finding no evidence that physicians used electromechanical vibrators, said the success of technology of orgasm serves as a cautionary tale for how easily falsehoods can become embedded in the humanities because this has become very popular since Maines's book. Right. And even Maines was like, I thought people were going to attack it right away and it's taken them 20 years to even check it. Wow. So this movie hysteria that I just watched the other day was based <laughs> on a lie. Yeah. And I mean, I can't believe it. 
And they, they suggest too, they're like, the only reason that we think that it got this popular is because people wanted to believe it. Um, I mean, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it fits in with like how we think about women's sexuality being taken from them and not acknowledged. Like this idea that, that women don't uh, have sex for pleasure, yeah. which is something that's still sticks around today absolutely so you know it does make you wonder i guess sometimes we have a situation and we try and explain it and facts fit and it makes sense but it's not necessarily accurate right and and wow i feel so crushed that being said i also found uh, a victorian um advertisement where the man has his hand up his skirt and is like doing something yeah, and says that he can mas- do massage treatment to cure female hysteria. I mean, listen, there's always been pervs. Mm-hmm. So even if it wasn't the like accepted thing that a bunch of doctors did, like yeah. there might have been some pervs out there. Totally. And you know, they're also not suggesting that it didn't necessarily happen. Right. They just, just that her sources are not accurate. Totally. So people are now going back. You know what she is? Hysterical. <laughs> Can't Rebecca, that was hysterical. <laughs> I just want to bring that up because I mean, listen, we're not fucking historians and we're we're doing our research and we're trying to cite our sources. And so I came across this and was like, oh, shit, this is a common belief now in our society. And lots of people have brought it up. Vice has brought it up. Mother Jones brought it up. Samantha B. And that was because that was the information that was given to us. And, you know, uh, now she's saying that it was just a hypothesis. And these historians are like, cool, but like. You, we read your text and it doesn't you didn't suggest that it was a hypothesis you suggested it as fact and now right. we have to go back and check it okay but then let's like let's look at that in the context of everything we always talk about which is that this had to do with women and women's health mm-hmm. and so she it was out there for 20 years before people checked it yeah that's also a good point you know like because it didn't it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's not as historically pertinent to right be correct when you're talking about women and women's health and the history of women's health because women's stories don't matter thanks that was me snapping i got some snaps <laughs> like how you said that like it was from a strange like a, a strange audience and not the one person sitting in front of you I know. according to the french physician august faber who said in 1883 as a general rule all women are hysterical and every woman carries with her the seeds of hysteria oh my god yeah. You know, Aristotle held the belief that a woman was was a deformed or mutilated male and that the womb was a rather more intimate version of the Achilles heel, if you will. Uh, apparently, after the fall of the Roman Empire, a Byzantine, a Byzantine physician by the name of Paul of, I never know how to say this, Aegina, A-E-G-I-N-A. It's like, oh, it I sounds say, like the agency. I would say, yeah, I would just say of, of Agent, but let's just call him Paul of Sandwich, like the Earl. Cool. Paul of Sandwich <laughs> uh, proposed an imaginative cure. Uh, make the lady sneeze and no joke shout at her no oh my god shout at her oh my god i found a really good one wait wait, wait. so the theory about the roaming uteri uh was supported by plato and shit um and referred to it as hysterical suffocation um and the way that they would get the uterus to go back into place (laughs) was by placing good smells near the vagina and bad smells near the mouth and having them sneeze like the fuck is that first of all your vagina doesn't have a nose that's the first thing uh so in the middle ages hysteria was tied to sorcery witchcraft and demon possession so so one of the treatments was naturally exorcism (laughs) right duh it always comes back to exorcism obviously they knew more than like four thousand years ago but still hysteria was essentially about exclusion 
So it's always kind of about excluding women Mm -hmm. (laughs) or people who aren't normal. If every other disease was ruled out and doctors couldn't come up with a diagnosis, they assumed it was a disease brought by something intangible and not, that was a weird way to say that word, (laughs) intangible and not understood and evil and therefore the result of the devil, like most women. Burn them! Burn them and their uteruses, Mm -hmm. wandering or otherwise. Yeah, I guess in medieval times, people with, it seems like people with endometriosis were probably just believed as witches right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The craziest thing about those like witch, the witch stuff is like they would like put them in a fire or in the in the water well you well if you drowned you weren't yeah, a witch yeah but then you're dead anyway <laughs> so who the fuck cares you know what yeah. it doesn't fucking matter the uh, fire too it's like if you don't burn then you're then, a, a witch and then they're gonna you're fucking kill you anyways right but everyone burns obviously you know yeah you think they'd notice that after like a yeah. few hundred that they were like wait a second oh, they're all dying there yeah. are no witches you yeah fucking idiots our average is not very good i think it all stems too from the widespread belief at the time about original sin and fucking eve because some guy wrote a story about how he hated women so like clearly she's evil and yeah. she stole an apple from a serpent yeah i mean first of all who the fuck would do that i don't care how hungry you are you don't take an apple from a serpent because they'll eat you it's the garden of eden there's other stuff there (sighs) so many things so much i would avoid that apple tree women are too smart to eat that apple (laughs) yeah for sure so yeah women were just you know impressionable and more naive and so then more influenced by evil forces which is hilarious to me because if you're evil then are you impressionable i don't yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know that's a really good question and yeah so exorcism treatment usually meant mental and physical torture and if women even survived this it would permanently scar them in more ways than one yeah because the vagina is the entry point for demons that's where evil gets in oh that's how it happens evil gets in your vagina oh that's why we wear underwear yes you get it now from the evil exactly i can't believe it took me this long (sighs) let's go into the victorian era because all right this is the best era yeah i mean we wouldn't want to live there no no fuck the victorian era that shit was gnarly i meant the most interesting yeah totally fucking weird it was unbecoming of a lady to act up or show anger lest you be diagnosed with hysteria and hauled away. Right. I guess in the late 1800s, women started carrying around fucking smelling salts in case they swooned or fainted because the wandering uterus had caused them to pass out, obviously. Right. Right. Or it could have been the corsets and the societal pressure. You tell me. Science. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag science. (laughs) It was believed by some that the smelling salts would force the uterus back into place and that you would put perfume around the vagina right. because it would lure the vagina or it would lure the uterus back down towards the vagina. But did the smelling salts smell bad? The smelling salt. So they they believed that the uterus was repulsed. It, th- yeah. So yeah, smelling so salts are uh, have ammonia in them. Right. Yeah. But what what's with the sneezing? I don't know. That's the thing. Like I didn't see that. I, I mean, I that. quote unquote understand this idea of like in the world that makes no sense of being like we want you to come here let me put these roses by your vulva and then like i'm gonna put poop under your nose but like maybe the sneeze you know like sometimes like if you sneeze you might fart at the same time all the time yeah so like maybe the sneeze is like to force the uterus it's like jolting (laughs) to go go towards the nice sweet smells you know, but that's only if your roaming uterus roams up. Like, what if it decides to go visit your knee? What if it goes left? Then, if you sneeze, it might go down to your toe, 
And then what will you do? There was somebody who was talking about how like, if it went left, it was this. If it went right, it was this. Could oh, be wrong. Like choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Uterus edition. <laughs> we should write that children's book. So hysteria as like an organized thing, it seems like was really, uh, was described in a more um, official type way in 1880 by Jean-Martin Charcot. This is what's so wild to me so this is you know the, the good smells the bad smells um then galen with his idea that it was the retention of the female seed within the <laughs> womb that was to blame for whatever symptoms women were describing there were other people who believed that the retention of menstrual blood for was responsible for the female problems but like as it turns out the only way to fix this was marriage 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 is what brings us together today. Yeah, because marriage means sex. Mm -hmm. Because it's improper to have sex outside of marriage, but lascivious women were thought... Nice word. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to work that in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Were thought to have hysteria because they had a a buildup of fluids right oh that needed God. to be released which can only be released by the penis <laughs> right so now my brain is going all like all over the place and i'm thinking to myself so you have a female patient come in right mm-hmm. and you're like you're hysterical you need to get fucked right oh my God. so you send them home to their husband and their husband's like well my wife's hysterical i got to fuck her well what if she like <laughs> women still said no in the victorian era yeah you know so i'm thinking that this is kind of where like you know people started thinking marital rape wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, because like you're not you're I, not raping your wife, you're trying to cure her of her hysteria. Fair. Right? You're doing her a favor. You're getting rid of the fluids. You know, and they were like oh, the semen is going to fix you, but it's like as we know before from what not to put in your vagina, we have to like regain our pH balance. Yeah. After the semen. Yeah. And so that doesn't seem like it's fixing. That seems like it comes in there, it does its shit, and then we have to fix it. Well, we always have to fix it. We always it, have Rebecca. to fix it. I know. Yeah. So, oh, so also in the Victorian period, doctors attributed hysteria to the dangerous behaviors of intellectual women. Yep. Um, Feminism. Yeah. So all. It's dangerous. So Greer Theus, I am most likely saying his name wrong, of Washington and Lee University, uh, said all these foot-powered sewing machines and increased literacy rates were tearing women's delicate minds to shreds. Mm-hmm. Luckily. There had also been advancements in the treatment of hysteria, the water cure, a.k.a. the pelvic douche, which was essentially a fire hose to the pussy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That'll do ya. So they like aimed a jet of water at the inner thighs. Yeah. One thing that I found that was super interesting is that uh, this guy that we had mentioned before, Jean-Martin Charcot, who's French. That's why I have to say his name like that because he's from France. Um, but he was teaching all of his students about you know hysteria and all this other stuff and um, how he believed that hysteria was caused by like an internal injury that affected the nervous system. And do you know who one of his students was? Freud. Fucking Freud. That Sigmund. motherfucker. Yeah. Damn Freud. So Freud, as we know, was the founder of psychoanalysis. <laughs> he wrote a whole mass of studies on female hysteria between 1880 and 1915. And he developed Charcot's theory of hysteria further than it had been 
before. So basically, he thought that rather than being a physical injury in the body, hysteria was caused by a, quote, psychological scar produced through trauma or repression, end quote. But if we dig through it and really think into it, Freud believed that the moment of trauma stems from a woman's realization that actually, in fact, she doesn't have a penis. Oh, my God. And that's, we're hysterical because we thought that we had penises and then we looked down and there wasn't one. And like, that was my organizing principle. And now what do I do? You know? What do I do without my penis? I'll well, tell you well, what you do. Oh. You marry a penis. Oh, right. You become pregnant with a penis. Mm-hmm. You birth a penis. Oh, okay. Right. And then you get pregnant with another penis. Totally. That's what you do. Only you just have to life. replace the penis. Replace the penis with a smaller penis. Right. Stand in penis. So I thought at first... Sigmund Freud actually rolled in and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Men can get hysteria too. And then he flip-flopped. Yeah, they always flip-flop. I mean, of course, because it's Freud said that it was caused by someone not having mature enough libido, which led them to not having sex because that's right. Freud. Right. Um, and everything was sexual. I'm really afraid to know what his life yeah. really consisted of, honestly. Yeah. I guess they tried him and Charcot. Charcot. <laughs> <laughs> sound like you're throwing up a little bit uh tried to reclassify many of hysteria symptoms into new di- diagnosis and like separate them out separate them out classify it as something psychological and neurological and say that men could also have it but then they realize that men have penises exactly and freud also diagnosed himself with hysteria at one point and said that uh male hysteria was linked to oedipus syndrome the oh. childhood desire to sleep with the mother and That's to kill right. the father yeah. and homosexuality and so often the diagnosis on they were often wrong and harmful but was still resistant around the concept of male hysteria from the rest of the medical community that freud wound up flip-flopping because of the pressure right and called it a feminine disease again which is probably where he was like oh you don't have a penis yeah that's why it's because you don't have a dick you lost your penis where did did your penis go where did you put it i told you to keep control of the penis keep your dick in a box keep it in a box (laughs) in a safe box so by the late 1800s so around around this time that we're talking about um you know as we've said women could be marked as hysterical by for any number of things but (laughs) one of the biggest one was belonging to the burgeoning feminist movement Mm-hmm. which was actually brought up in the movie Hysteria <laughs> that I watched as part of my research starring Maggie Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. and someone, Darcy. Hugh Darcy, is that his name? Sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Hugh Darcy. Not to be confused with Mark Darcy, the fictional character in Bridget Jones's diary, Hugh Darcy is far more attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? <laughs> anyway, so I saw this movie and... Maggie Gyllenhaal's character was like a like a feminist and really into women's equality and she came from money and her dad was one of the ones who performed uh masturbatory services to hysterical women which now is in question we don't know if that happened or not um and she punched a police officer in the face and went to jail and was put on trial and one of the things that she was tried for was being hysterical Mm -hmm. and the and the thing was that if she was hysterical beyond being fixed, she would have a hysterectomy. Spoiler alert, uh, they fall in love and he, you know, speaks on her behalf. And oh then my God, they, you fucking ruined the movie. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm feeling a little aggressive. Uh, my uterus is in my torso right now. 
poking around. Just going for a jaunt around the neighborhood. Anyway, in this idea of feminism being, you know, and women's equality being a sign of hysteria, there was an article called On Militant Hysteria, which was written by the celebrated physician Sir A.E. Wright, says that there's a mix-up with the women's movement and mental disorder. Uh, he wrote a letter to the London Times editor saying that these women, aka feminists, wanted to live in a world where, quote, man and woman shall everywhere work side by side at the self-same tasks and for the self-same pay. So they want to be recognized for their value outside of motherhood and marriage. Imagine that. Idiots. But this desire that they had was their sickness. And according to Wright, their self-esteem was the poison. So he was like, no, peace is possible. Well, all these women just need to go away. And seek rest beyond the sea, each one in the house of her husband. Or they need to just be less of yourself. Yeah. Be less confident. Be less you. Do what we tell you. They should live as domestic a life as possible. Yeah. And never touch pen, brush, or pencil as long as you live. Put a baby in it. Put a baby in it. Put a baby in it. But a penis baby. Put a penis baby in it or it is fucking worthless. It's worthless and it's going to have a uterus wandering around it's gonna spend its whole you know what i figured it out Mm. the wandering uterus is just looking for the penis that it lost oh my god you're so right i thought it was looking for the lost baby no the penis looking for the penis looking for the penis apparently in the early 1900s like things were still pretty messed up and there was still even though exorcism had fallen out of favor there was still um smelling salts and injecting things into the uterus or cutting or burning away of the genitals with fire or chemicals um and dr john harvey kellogg was particularly supportive of female genital mutilation was he the guy behind the cereal (laughs) god i hope not god that sounds i fucking hope not i hope he didn't get busy enough to do both of these things (laughs) and also using burning women and making (laughs) cornflakes And he also used electroconvulsive or shock therapy and many other nauseating things. Uh, Hysteria as a medical diagnosis plummeted drastically in the 1920s in part because of the women's suffrage. um, But also a huge factor was that so many different people, women and men across different cultures and countries started presenting symptoms of PTSD because of World War Mm One during and after and also world and more so during and after World War Two. Right. And so that doctors could no longer deny its association with trauma and that it also affected men as long as it wasn't called hysteria, I'm sure. Right. Because <laughs> now we have the term mass hysteria. So hysterical neuroses was still mentioned in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the Manual of Mental Disorders, the second one, which was released in 1968. Mm-hmm. And then the one you said in 1980, the dsm 3 that's when they took it out. And the thing about it is just because it's taken out of a journal or like out of a diagnostic manual doesn't mean that the history of this word has left the lexicon. Not right. So like think back even recently, like we think about the fucking 2016 election and Megan Kelly being fascinated with sex. Mm. Right. And the way that, that people called Hillary Clinton shrill and hysterical. And also Jason Miller, who called uh, Kamala Harris hysterical when the Senate Intelligence Committee called Attorney General Jeff Sessions to testify about the Russian contacts. He mm-hmm. said that she was hysterical. And because Kamala Harris just asked him questions and That's she was right. She was dogged about it, but she yeah. wasn't. But she has every right to be. Yeah. I mean, let's think about the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we're thinking about what hysterical looks like, Kavanaugh pretty much fits it, right? He was completely not stable in terms of his reaction to things. He was 
uh, sweating, seeming uncomfortable, raising his voice. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Christine Blasey Ford was calm, answered, and she was the one who had the trauma, Mm -hmm. right? And like, but he, it was okay for him to behave that that way because that was, you know, it's just manhood and he was being falsely accused of Mm -hmm. something. But she's still hysterical for bringing up something from forever ago that supposedly didn't happen right which and is we fucking have to work bullshit. twice as hard because yeah. you can't give them anything yeah because we, they will discount everything and even if you give them nothing they still discount everything just looking up to this uh election coming up in 2020 which i'm petrified about because it's already so ugly but just watching people dismiss kamala harris dismiss elizabeth warren dismiss kirsten gillibrand mm-hmm. and and n- never asking themselves, I mean, and Cory Booker, um, but never asking themselves why mm-hmm. and why they have these, why they're complaining about their voices or the fact that they're shrill or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, questioning their record when we wouldn't question other people's records on the same thing. Yeah. This is all, this is all still part of the history of hysteria and it's the way that we discount women's feelings women's experiences Mm -hmm. women's qualifications and i've heard this from so many people that we are not ready for a woman woman or a person of color right Mm -hmm. and that we need to just have a white dude in there so we can get rid of trump first of all go fuck yourself but this dude and i try not to get involved in these conversations because it's not worth it but he's on about how we're not ready for a female president and i looked at him and i said but we voted for one yeah so we are right. and and it's that we or have not a, that one right it's never that one of course but the fact of the matter is the popular vote voted for hillary clinton yeah and the fact of the matter is that the way that our electoral college works discounts the votes of a lot of people and there are more democratic votes in this country than Republican votes, period, end of story. Mm-hmm. It's the way that our system is set up that disempowers people. It's the history of having two senators for a state, regardless of population, of gerrymandering, of all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're gonna tell me that we're not ready for a woman president. And yeah, so we should ready. run fucking Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Give me a fucking break. We voted for one. We voted for one, overwhelmingly. And we'll do it again. But all of this history of discounting women by using specifically gendered language Mm -hmm. that doubts women's sanity is how we ended up with that woman grabbing your ass and you thinking you were crazy yep and also like not to pivot super hard back into like pivot 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 pivot. (laughs) um our whole society is indifferent to women and what their opinions and bodies are but especially the medical community that because mm-hmm. that affects our care and yeah you know i i know as a woman going to the doctors i it's i'm still a little you know everyone i think is a little shrouded in the same fear and like shame that they have or the condescension from your healthcare. not always i'm not suggesting of course that. not I'll, i've had lovely doctors amazing doctors anyway i just sounded like trump <laughs> the best <laughs> Big doctors. but i think overall that's kind of been surrounding the female body. Right. I mean, up until 2010, Canada allowed medical students to practice pelvic exams on unconscious women without their consent who had come in for gynecological surgery. Wow. Well, that's like... Larry Nassar. Yeah. Oh, like it's like the husband stitch. 
you know, like in childbirth. Oh, when they yeah. stitch when they stitch up because they want, you know, doctors talk to the husband and they want their wives a little bit tighter after yeah. childbirth. It's like fucking you just push the a penis out, yeah. maybe. I don't know why I have such painful periods, but I still to this day remember that the only solution is always to be like, just put, just, just do birth control. Just have extra a leave. Mm-hmm. And that's not a cure all. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in ask me about my uterus, mm-hmm. Abby, Abby Norman wrote about her chronic illnesses and the complete like disregard and how she was mistreated. She writes <laughs> that, uh, not even the most modern women have completely broken free from hysteria. Hysteria lives in all of us a little cough that makes us question our perceptions of ourselves, the innermost truth of our bodies, our very minds. So I think that kind of sums up. We just kind of grin and bear it because right, we have to. Because so in that book, um, and this is not a spoiler, uh, <laughs> but the way that she managed to get herself diagnosed was that she did all of the research herself. Mm-hmm. She got a job somewhere where she had access to to materials and she was able to put all of the pieces together and considering how many women suffer from endometriosis there's no reason why she should have had to advocate for herself in that way and I think that's one of the reasons if you look at if you think about endometriosis being a white woman's disease or a disease uh, a privileged person's disease because you have to have the time and the the ability resources. and the resources to advocate for yourself because the medical community doesn't take by and large and again not everybody but by and large doesn't take women's pain seriously women's medical conditions seriously i mean there's a whole thing in the news right now about the mischaracter about the fact that the idea of late term abortion shouldn't even be used oh but it's a way to disempower women it's you know sorry no it's i mean that's the perfect response yeah <laughs> So how many things can I get out of if I just self-diagnose myself with female hysteria? Uh, Can I get out of jury duty for that? Yeah, just like go up. I'm I'm sorry, sorry. I'm hysterical. I'm hysterical. (laughs) I have hysteria. You might have heard of it. My uterus like up in my shoulder right now. (laughs) If you can find it, I'll do jury duty. Right? (laughs) Come at me, judge. (laughs) Thank you and good night. And goodbye. (laughs) If you've seen my uterus, please point it back in the direction of me. (laughs) Or just keep it. Yeah, keep it. Fuck it. Who needs it? Who needs that uterus anyways? According to your diagnosis, hysteria seems to cover everything from insomnia to toothache. It's nothing more than a catch-all for dissatisfied women. Women forced to spend their lives on domestic chores and their prudish and selfish husbands who are unwilling (laughs) or unable to make love to them properly. Okay, well, we thought uh, in an effort to undo all of the good work that we've done, (laughs) demystifying the word hysteria, we would talk about our ridiculous pet peeves so yeah take it away jesse oh you know my number one pet peeve fucking cannot stand when people chew with their mouth open it makes me i oh my god she's like twitching right now just I, yeah about just it. thinking about it makes me nauseous it just i can <laughs> sorry i'm sorry it just i don't know it sets my whole body on fire it's like i can hear it at a uh, hundred decibels louder than it actually is it's yeah. insane. I've left transit before. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've gotten off buses and taken the next one before. Be- like if I forgot my headphones. I try really right. hard not to forget my headphones. Right. Yeah, that makes um, sense. If you ever see me with my finger jiggling my earlobe, it's mm-hmm. because somebody is in the room and they're chewing with their mouth open mm-hmm. and I'm trying to make a louder noise in my ear. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
hmm, that's a technique. It's bad. Yeah. I will because I, I can't leave all the time. Yeah, you and can't always leave. It's true. Sometimes it's people that I love. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how to tell like some people I don't know how to tell that they are making me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also not their fault. Like that is because how do you tell somebody that it actually like gives you anxiety? Right. Without sounding like a fucking crazy person. And hysterical, then you just perhaps? Yeah, hysterical. And then you've made somebody else feel uncomfortable because that's just how they chew. Yeah. You know, and it's not their fault. Like, And then maybe they're afraid to eat in front of you. Yeah. Lots of people Awkward. eat like that. Yeah. Lots of people smack their lips. Lots of cultures do it. And like, it's not on them. It's it's on me. But it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a sound that feels like. It's like an assault on your ears. Nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. 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 I hate when people put the volume at an odd number. What? Like on the TV, if I'm putting the TV up or like a radio station and you can see the digital, like the number, it has to be on an even number. That's so funny. I had no idea yeah, that that was a me, thing. It drives me nuts. So actually, I didn't <sighs> even realize that I'd mentioned it to Eric. I'm sure that I had at some point because we were watching TV the other day and he was like, oh, nope. And he fixed it oh. because it was like on 13. And I was like... <laughs> Do you know what that's from? No, but it's been like that since I was, I, I remember this kid that I, I don't even know, we made out a few times in high school, yeah. but he used to make fun of me for it in that's high school. Crazy. So that's when I first remember it, remember registering it, but I'm sure it was always like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Because mine is, I feel like I've definitely heard of a lot of people who actually have a similar thing where it enra it enrages them or yeah, like I it mean, drives that's them. A, that's a thing. There's a word for it. It's called like it misophonia or something, but yeah. I can't misophonia. say that out loud because it's right right sounds, sounds like crazy. a ridiculous fucking thing yeah <laughs> but yeah i've never heard that's amazing i yeah. love that <laughs> i love that it drives me nuts i'm not a big fan of people leaving the seat up <laughs> oh yeah we've talked about that before yeah that's fucking gross we just actually i'm excited about it at one of the bars i work at we um changed the bathroom so now because we have two bathrooms they used to be gendered and now they're not gendered anymore mm -hmm. which is awesome hooray however dudes fucking leave the seat up now all the time i never had a problem in the bathroom because women were the only ones using it but now every time i go in there the seat's up and yeah. it drives me nuts yeah. like just put it down use your foot i don't care use your foot man yeah because you can sit and use your put, yeah. fucking push your penis down i can't stand yeah i would love to yeah. it would make things a lot easier for me yeah you know yeah. i just walk outside and fucking you know you i'd wear a lot more skirts you need to get a sheenus a shiwi okay this is a huge one when people cut their nails in public. Oh yeah. That, it's like. Well, because that's just fucking disgusting. It's gross, <laughs> I, but it's like so bad. So I used to date somebody who would cut his nails at the coffee table and like put the nail shavings. <laughs> yeah, into his ashtray, which was fucking disgusting. I have to have people shut the bathroom door. I get disgusted when I cut my own nails. <laughs> Like I put it off for so long because I hate the sound yeah. and like the flicking of the nails everywhere. And then you have to like search for the nail bits. Ugh. I just need like self-trimming nails. <laughs> Science, please. Can you make that happen? Help. <laughs> Help me. Yeah. Oh, that's my pet peeve. That is my pet okay, peeve for tell bartending. Me, tell me, tell I fucking me. hate when people abuse the word excuse me. <laughs> because just because you're saying what is technically a polite term mm -hmm. you don't get to shout it at me and you don't get to repeat it over and over again until i respond to you yeah if i am in the middle of doing something you do not get to roll up and mm -hmm. interrupt me 
in a very aggressive excuse me yeah especially like what if like if my back is turned don't be like excuse me excuse me right just like, wait until i fucking turn around yeah, i'll turn around and then i'll help you oh my god i, I always just look at people it. and i'm just like yeah i'll help you when i'm finished that's so obnoxious hate it. yeah that and also um when people ask me what i really do yeah 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 I will destroy. I will kill you. I will kill you. It is none of your fucking business. And no one goes to your job and asks you what you do. You know what I just Fuck thought off. of? You should, re- like, I want to do this. I want to lean in one time and just be like, I don't know, man. I, f- I feel like I can trust you, you know? And so I'm going to divulge this information to you. Uh, I'm actually an undercover CIA operative. Um, <laughs> my main thing is assassinating people. Um, who asked me that stupid fucking question? Yeah, <laughs> or or just like end it at that and be like, and just walk away. Yeah, you know, and serve someone else a drink. Yeah, just go or like make like a little mm. a little gun mm-hmm. thing at them. Yeah, genius. Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. God damn it! Doesn't it sound right when I do it. I know. <laughs> Places you can find us <laughs> on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. We're trying to get a thousand followers to tell your friends, and uh, Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. We also have a website, WelcomeToMyVagina.com, which leads you to my YouTube page. Also, yep. Welcome to My Vagina. Uh huh. And there's a blog section where I have posted a couple of things, but we're also looking for writers. So if you have interesting opinions, if you are a person who wants to break into writing and wants to share your voice, we're looking for diverse opinions, all sorts of different people. We're basically looking know. for anyone who's not a cisgender man. We, yeah. We definitely want you guys to be allies, but right now we're looking yeah. for other voices. Yeah. And also, we love uh, our white women peers but we're two white women sitting here so we'd love more diverse voices also thank you so much to our producer uh caitlin moldenhauer of more banana productions please check out all of the work from this all women network including world stealers there will be porn i'm listening with anita flores and awkward sex in the city with natalie wall which is coming to you in july yeah more banana production is killing it yeah guys we're kind of taking over the world and don't forget to review us and subscribe and tell your friends yeah and we're going to have merch soon. Merch. I don't know why that word always makes me think of Merkins. Ooh. <laughs> Merkin merch. Also check out all of Rebecca's writing at franklyrebecca.com. Dun, da, da. Dun, da, da. Yeah. All right. And See you us. next Tuesday. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>